Indigenous temples, cenotes, the largest underground water tunnels in the world and known for its vast variety of cuisine, Mexico, officially titled the United Mexican States, has been referred to as the land of the extremes with its incredible geographical diversity from beaches to rainforests to deserts. I was so excited to learn more about my friend Danny and her family's Mexican culture and traditions. My ancestry is part Mexican, with my father born in San Antonio, Texas, to parents of migrant workers. I unfortunately do not have a strong cultural connection with my Mexican heritage, so I was very eager to learn from Danny about her family. Growing up in San Diego and being so close to the Mexican border, I have been exposed to some delicious Mexican food and beautiful Mexican culture. Danny shares how there are such amazing variations in the cuisine and ingredients depending on where you are in Mexico. I loved to hear Danny talk about her family's connection with each other and how food brings them together. She talked about her family coming together and to enjoy delicious meals every Sunday. Their strong connection through cooking and the unity of coming together as a family can be found in so many cultures around the world. It's like being religious in Mexico. Food is basically its own religion. I guess like the most popular one is tacos. I'm unfortunate, they really- <laughs> No, no, know how to do tacos because tacos in Mexico are the best thing ever. And here they're like, meh. I guess my knowledge of chile relleno, it's like fried and like no, a- not... Never fried. Never. Frying <laughs> is American, okay? You could tell them one thing about Mexico. What would you tell them? It's very beautiful and the people are very loving, despite what everything I just said. So loving. It's so loving. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Evan Worldwide. On this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey around the world. You will hear young people's perspectives on culture, conflict, and cuisine. So let's go. So my name is Daniela. I am from Mexico. I was born and raised there. I moved here when I was in ninth grade. And you're 17? Oh yeah, I'm 17. You just need to know this is super duper informal. Like just, okay. would you say that there's a lot of conflict in Mexico? Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that there's a lot of conflict in Mexico. What are the main factors of, the, of like conflict in Mexico? Well, there's definitely a lot of machismo, which goes in hand with domestic violence and femicide, which is a huge issue in Mexico. I, I don't remember the exact statistic, but I think it's like around 12 women get murdered every day, just like because they're women, men target them in some way, because I don't know, they want to like, they want to rape just because they're walking down the street. They just want to kill them for some reason. That's, that's horrible. And is this more prevalent in specific regions of Mexico, like in Mexico City, like in the cities or like the smaller, not the more rural areas? The cities are definitely dangerous, especially Mexico City is pretty dangerous. In Mexico City, you can ask any local. I'm not from Mexico City myself, but I have friends from there and I've been there. And you can ask anyone like, Kidnappings are very common. Like most of my friends who have money have like a guard of some kind, like some security guy that like follows them around while they're driving or they get driven because it's very unsafe to drive by yourself in the city because if they see you driving by yourself, someone might get in your car, like 
hold you at gunpoint, like kidnap you or hold you for ransom, try to put you in like human trafficking. So would you consider Mexico to be a dangerous country? I think it is a dangerous country, but I think it's not as dangerous as Americans perceive it to be. Like, I think that there are definitely some like Mexico City is definitely dangerous. Like danger is relative. I mean, if you ask someone from Brazil, if Mexico is dangerous, they probably would tell you that it's not dangerous because Brazil is more dangerous than Mexico. It's all about like where you've, where you've lived. Obviously, if you compare it to Caramel Valley, it's very, like, it's very dangerous. Um, bigger cities have more danger just because like there's more money there. So more criminals are like making their drug deals there. Like, especially around the border, it's very dangerous too like the U.S.-Mexico border. But rural areas, I don't think rural areas are so dangerous. Like, I I think they're less dangerous just because they're more, like, there's less tourists there. The city that you were born in, um, Monterrey, right? Monterrey, yeah. Okay. Would you say that's a dangerous city, like Mexico City, or not really? No, not as much as Mexico City. I mean, it's it's definitely had some years where it's been dangerous, or where I lived is called San Pedro. And there it's very, very safe. It's probably one of the safest places, even though it's a big city. And some small towns are dangerous, but they're not like to locals, they're not as dangerous because they know how to manage the danger. They know how to avoid it. Um, Next question. What social issues would you say are most prevalent in Mexico? And like, I'm talking racism, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia even. Definitely all of those. (laughs) racism sexism classism i would say racism isn't i mean it is like pretty big but i think it's less less big than in the u.s okay most people are people of color so i do have a question about the racism when you mean racism are you like when you say that racism is like really prevalent in mexico do you mean like colorism or like actual racism like there's definitely colorism and that goes with like in hand with classism. Ah. This is something like that's honestly a big social issue in Mexico. It's like, yeah, in the place where I live, like a lot of people just want to suppress their Mexican side because of the racism that they have. There's also like it's more since most people are people of color, I guess I would say there's racism too, even though there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people outside of Mexico. Like, there's not a lot of immigrants. I feel like that that fuels a lot of ignorance amongst people. Since they're not really exposed to other religions apart from, like, Catholicism or Christianity. And they're not really exposed to people of, like, other origins of the world. They just sort of know what they learn from their family or from media, I guess. And would you say stereotypes are a big, big issue in Mexico? Like, I guess they're, they're a big issue, but not like, I'm trying to find a way to explain it so that you will understand it. It's not like here. So here you have like this melting pot of people. I guess like if a person from another country comes into, like comes to Mexico and lives there or comes as a tourist, if they were white, they would definitely be treated like with a lot of respect and like maybe someone would try to get more money from them, like scam them or something, just because they like they look like they don't belong there. So they would think that they're easy targets. But looking towards like racism specifically, I think that people of Asian descent or like black people, if they come into Mexico 
I think they, they would experience, depending on where they live, but I think that they would experience some racism because of like the stereotypes. You'd say that like it's more like the race, real racism was like be towards um, people of Asian descent or, or like African-American or like they're, if they're black. Yeah, but if they're like, because obviously we have African-American descent in Mexico or we have indigenous descent too. What I've heard from like from people I I haven't seen this personally because there's I don't think I've ever met someone who's African-American that lived in Mexico I I know that a lot of my friends have African-American descent or indigenous descent but it's obviously a different and like the appearance is different I guess it would it would go back to colorism yeah like if if you look darker I guess you would be treated differently than because of racism if you look darker than people with indigenous descent or people with like a mixed, like mestizo. Mestizo, yeah. Would you say like for people that have lighter skin and like you have lighter skin than me and you were born there and raised there, would you say that that has happened to you as well? For me personally, I I have gotten people assume that I'm not Mexican in Mexico just because I look whiter, but usually not because... I'm a local, so I, I just, I speak Spanish all the time. So yeah, yeah. Speaking. I think that they, they just, with my light skin, they automatically assume that I have money. Um, oh. So that, that makes them treat me different. I, I guess it would make them treat me different. I forgot to talk about this, but homophobia is definitely a big issue. Not Southern, the Southern part of Mexico isn't as homophobic, but the Northern part is a more conservative. Well, I guess where I grew up is more conservative just because of its influence from like Texas, which uh, is also known to be more conservative. But I think that in, in rural areas, it also is pretty conservative because because of religion, because religion is such a huge part of everyone's lives or most people's lives. You were saying that like the Northern parts of Mexico tend to be a little bit more conservative. That's where the more homophobia is. Is that where more of the racism is as well? Or is like, it's just, so. you don't think I so? Think that I would like to say that the racism comes from just like a culture of, I guess, of people who aren't educated enough. I guess it, like, I, I wouldn't want to characterize, like, a specific region as more or less racist, but I've definitely, like, it's more of, like, from person to person, sort of, like, in the U.S. Can I, like, clarify something? Though? The things that I'm talking about, like, the racism I'm talking about and the stereotypes, they're definitely there, but I just want to clarify in the recording that, like, there was never a Jim Crow era, like Jim Crow laws or like segregation. Like once once Mexico became independent, slavery was basically abolished. And I mean, since most people are from the low class, there's not there's not really any middle class in Mexico. It's mostly the low class is huge and the middle class is like somewhat small. And then the obviously the upper class is like even smaller. So it's just it's like a it's a system of capitalism and it obviously doesn't help out all of the people who are living in poverty especially since there's so much corruption and if you're not corrupt they like people have been assassinated or threatened by other powerful men because like they they don't want to lose the money that they are earning do you think that there's a shift in perspective in young people or do you think young people still believe that like these conflicts are valid like or the human trafficking or the racism sexism i think that no one really thinks that they're i think it's just a lot of it is ignorance. I think that a lot of people don't mean to be 
like hateful because a lot of most people are catholic i mean the church teaches you to be accepting to be kind to your neighbor to be loving to like to forgive no matter what so i think that that's that's a very good thing for people to have because people do have a sense of good and evil and like a good moral compass but like at the same time since they've been raised with a lot of like racist i mean with a lot of normalized racism and sexism and homophobia they do express it i think that young people definitely have been fighting against it and there has been a change and there's a huge movement in all of latin america against sexism and just for the empowerment of women and like against domestic violence against all the missing women most women that get murdered like there's not really a trial for them or like an investigation to prosecute the person responsible for the murder unless you have money to do that right and unless and- you have a judge who's on your side and the person the person who did that isn't powerful enough to like pay off a judge or like have a really good lawyer and obviously Um, since like like the lower class is so big people that get into those situations then they don't really have access to a fair trial or like they don't have that right but i think that young people and also adults it's different from here in the sense that like they're not blatantly racist they're not gonna go out and like kill someone because of their color like the color of their skin or their ethnicity or because like they're not going to commit terrorist acts because of their ideology but they are going to make comments and they're I mean if if someone comes out I think it's very hard for them to be LGBTQ and be in Mexico just because there is definitely a lot of pressure in society to not be that and like there's a lot of hate towards that and a lot of people don't believe that you're like born like that and they think that it's a decision so they they'll just like actively try to convert you but it's like you can't obviously you can't do that like like, I think it just it stems on ignorance but I think that there is there has definitely been a shift that's good to hear that there's a shift of perspective I really like that do you keep up with politics and government in Mexico Sort of, not really. I keep up more with politics. I definitely keep up a lot with politics here and government. Not so much in Mexico. I definitely keep up with like presidential elections and all of that. Lo- my local government, uh, like the governor. Other than that, I don't really, just because I guess some people in the US would say this too, but it's just like the candidates don't really show a lot of promise. It's more of like voting for the lesser bad rather than voting for someone that can actually make an impact. Although recently there's been a, a very good governor in my- In like, Nuevo León? In, no, in San Pedro. It, he was reelected, so like that's good. Yeah. There's, that's... there's just a lot of problems. I don't blame the people in, all of the people in government because they're not all bad people. A lot of them, well, not a lot of them, but some of them like, are trying to make a change. It's just very hard when there's so many problems to solve and so little time, so so little resources, so many people working against you. Drug dealers have a lot of power because of all the money they earn, but it's not really a lot in Mexico. Like, honestly, there's more of a drug problem here than there is in Mexico. Not a lot of people do drugs in Mexico from what I've seen. You get shamed by society if you do drugs. Like, it's very uncommon. Teenagers aren't really doing drugs. Marijuana is illegal like drinking is a big thing there but not really doing drugs 
So like most of the drug dealers are fueled by the money provided. Honestly, this whole thing is just your perspective. So it's like just what you see. Like you don't have to speak for everybody. It's just like what you what you view and like how you view Mexico and like as a as a Mexican citizen. How do you get your information about like the news? Do you get it from like social media or like your parents? New, the news from my parents from social media from the news from everything and from just my life experiences I think a lot of it is from my life experiences because I like to talk to a lot of people and I like I like to make a lot of new friends I like to even though I live here I I have a bunch of friends who I talk to every single day I talk to them through whatsapp I can't I'm constantly I'll visit Mexico at least well not recently but like because of covid but i usually visit like five times a year at least yeah um, i mean that's nice still and since we're we live 30 minutes from the border it's not very hard for me to get some news to feel connected does the government censor anything like is there like censorship the news yeah 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 I think, uh, sure, yes, yes. In, like, what way exactly, if you know? I know that, I don't know if this happens in the U.S., I think it does, but I know that a few years ago, do you know, did you ever see the video of Mis Quinces? Like Mis Quinces. The, the song, like, of the girl? Like, I've heard of it, but I did not watch it. I haven't watched it biggest it just blew up in mexico and it was just an invitation of a 15 year old girl for her quinceaños so a video by colibritani it's called mi sexy chambelan um blew up in 2012 on youtube on facebook everywhere so this this girl it wasn't meant to blow up this girl like obviously quinceañeras are a huge deal in mexico it's like having a bat mitzvah yeah like you you become a woman once you turn 15 so it's like you have to celebrate it and you turn 15 and you get a huge dress it's it's a very like very fun tradition wait did you did you have one i didn't have one because i when i turned 15 i was living here already and i couldn't have it here because none of my family lives here i just realized i didn't answer your question about the video with colibritani oh the censorship Yes. Let me just basically say the story in like three sentences. So basically the video was used, like was publicized in like every single media outlet, especially ones the government funds. That video was used to sort of distract people from the real problem. And the real problem at that time, and like it's still going on now, is that gasoline prices are going up a lot, like a lot, a lot. They're getting a lot, a lot more expensive. And obviously like a lot of people can't afford that. So yeah, the video was used to distract and like it was made huge because and like there was a lot of news reporting on that because they wanted to distract the people on the real problem and like the people that were protesting against the government taxing a lot to the gasoline places and all that. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So it was basically just for like the gas prices. Yeah. So the gas prices were going up. The people were unhappy. So then the government sort of used that as an as a distraction for people to be happy. Also, a fun fact that I just learned about like two days ago, um, apparently Mexicans are very good at math, but there's this huge stereotype that I've experienced that Mexicans are dumb. Like even within our culture, like I've, I've heard a lot of Mexicans like call themselves dumb and they're like, oh yeah, like you know how Mexicans are, like we're dumb or whatever. But it's like, we're not. Aztecs were so, in Mayans, we're so advanced with like- Yeah. 
I was just about to say, like, the Aztecs were so, like, they had a, a myth. Very good at math. Like, we've won. We're naturally good at math. Apparently, in, like, world math leagues, kids from, like, elementary school up to, like, ninth grade from Mexico have won a lot of times. That's really impressive, actually. And I did not, I did not know that. Do you want me to tell you about the political climate in Mexico right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now we have a president who's basically a socialist president. He he talks a lot about taking away from the rich and giving them to the poor. But like historically, we've seen that doesn't work. He, he isn't really like establishing any systems to get them jobs or to like give them some, some, some sense of security or fund hospitals. He's literally just doing like taking away money from the rich and then just giving the giving the poor like checks but it's also like i mean that's not functional they might get checks for like a, a few times or like one time and then obviously they support the guy because they they now have like the checks cover them for like a, a few groceries or something that's not a good long term because then obviously they can't have a, a sustainable Income. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what's the president's name? Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. And he is like, he is a very, a lot of Mexicans moved to Mexico or moved out of Mexico and or have like plans Lopez. to move out of Mexico if he like gains a lot more power. Because a lot of people, like he literally has said that he likes the Cuban dictator. Wow, I did not know that. That's yeah. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Buen trabajo, I guess. <laughs> you made people, you make a bunch of people leave the country. <laughs> he's also very, like, he's not helping the economy at all. He's just making it worse. And he's, like, very anti-corruption, but he's also, he's corrupt. He has a lot of campaigning amongst poor people. And that's, like, his main target audience. And he riles them up against rich people, like, they're the enemy. When in reality, like, a lot of rich people help out a lot they stimulate the economy a lot and they help out what the thing is he's like he's making a lot of false promises telling the public what they want to hear making rich people like public enemy number one so then that that sort of like gets him votes he has a lot of communist ideals they're not obviously in the like in the Karl marxist perfect society model it's more like the soviet model yeah like more communism in a way yeah like communism but like not actually communism the idea of communism wasn't designed to be made in the way that the soviets made it do you have any friends from different countries or like are you have you met a lot of people from different countries yeah i do a lot of them do you want me to expand on that are they mostly friends from latin america or like all over the world or like or I have like friends from all over the world because being being a person who moved here in ninth grade, like a lot, like meeting a lot of people who also were new to the country and spoke English as a second language or come from immigrant parents um, because a lot of people in the society are closed off to people who are international or like who are, yeah, not from here. So that just made me very close friends with a lot of international students. So. That's awesome. Love it. And for these friends, do you see more similarities or differences like in ideology or like in culture? I think there are definitely a lot of differences, but in those differences, we all have a, like similar experiences in the US um, that are like different from what Ameri white Americans have lived. So 
I think that connects us all and just being outcasts also connects us. It's just, it's very interesting to learn about different cultures. My best friend was from Sweden. My, one of my best friends is from Korea. Do you see young people advocating for peace and less conflict in Mexico? Like, obviously you haven't been back in a long time, but when you were there or like even on just social media, have you seen like video of like, of protests for like, you know, I don't know, Black Lives Matter or Stop Asian Hate in, in Mexico? Yeah, there, um, the Black Lives Matter movement sort of sparked a movement of awareness of police brutality in Mexico. And there has been like a bunch of petitions going around to advocate for people who were wrongfully murdered by the police or like that they just never had like a fair trial, mostly led by young people or by social media, like spreading the word. How can young people help spread awareness to advocate for peace in Mexico? I think they can continue speaking out. I think speaking out, like talking to their relatives and their friends is the most important thing a young person can do um, to make a change in their community and just not not be afraid of what other people think, which is very hard because I, I've been there and I've expressed my opinion and my opinions are very different from a lot of what, what other people think. But I still think that it's very important. And I still like, I, I will continue to support unpopular, I guess, ideologies because I know that, that they're the right thing to do, like to go against racism and sexism. And just like, even though it, it, it's harder to do, live your life, like very clear on what your morals are, even if your society isn't like checking you to make sure, like, because I know that in the US, especially in California, there's a lot of that, like, oh, you're being racist. And like, there's a lot of like, that's not politically correct and all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, just educate yourself. Don't be ignorant. Don't be closed off. Don't live in your own bubble. For sure. Yeah, that's, those are definitely some great ways. Now here's like the food questions, food and culture questions. What are like the most popular dishes in Mexico? Or like, does Mexico have a national dish? A national, it has several dishes. I guess like the most popular one is tacos. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I guess people in the United States have like a different idea of tacos compared to like what they actually are in Mexico, which is kind of unfortunate. They really <laughs> I don't know how to do tacos because tacos in Mexico are the best thing ever. And here they're like meh. They're like, like meh. If they're if they're like they're like passable, but they're not great. Even some, in Mexican restaurants. Yeah. And Taco some, Bell is the worst. I don't even it's a disrespect to Mexico. And I don't Chipotle even, too. Like they use mexican culture and completely distort it in a way that just doesn't work out okay i actually do like chipotle a lot but i don't see it as mexican food i don't okay that's good that's good i don't see taco bell as mexican food either and like i and there's only one thing i like from there and that's the crunch wrap yeah that that thing's actually kind of (laughs) good but but okay responding to like the traditional dish there is one that is very unknown in the U.S. that I love. It's like probably my one of my favorite. It's called chiles en nogales. It's like a chile relleno de carne. And then you have like white sauce on top of it. And then you have like granada. It's pomegranate. And it's like the best thing ever. It's literally, and we only eat it. We'll, we usually only eat it around October and November. Well, that's and- pomegranate season. Because that's pomegranate season, yeah. And it's also, like, during the holidays. Oh, and there's also, like, mole, which is very good. Oh, mole, of course. You know, it's funny. And so, like, when my uncles were here for my brother's graduation from Texas, you know, they're Mexican. Like, my dad, 
and they were talking about all the Mexican food that they ate growing up. And I was just like, wait, what? What is that? What is this? What is that? Like, I didn't even know something as simple as Fideo. And like, then I just asked you about Fideo. And, and I was like, obviously, Mexico being such a big country, like, I feel like it would take a lifetime to learn all the different varieties of, of like dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I said the I said the name wrong. It's chiles en nogada. En nogada? Oh, en nogada. Okay, okay. I guess my knowledge of chile relleno, it's like fried and like no, it's a not fried. never fried. Never. Frying <laughs> is American, okay? Okay. American. That's American. It's not never. fried. Not even like there's even some chile relleno that I had in Mexican restaurants and I'm like I think they're fried. Isn't it like like egg whites for like whipped? Like, and then it's like they coat it in that with flour and then they fry it. It's okay. So it's that. It's that. I think that's frying. Oh. Well, like when you're frying it, it like you batter it. Like you the batter. Right. Yes. Also, I just hate it in general because like it's not the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be is not fried. So the chiles en nogadas, that's your favorite dish? That one. And it's also enchiladas. Oh, enchiladas, enchiladas. of course. Enchiladas verdes or enchiladas suizas or enchiladas rojas? I love enchiladas suizas and I love enchiladas verdes. Oh, also, you know something else I love that's very traditional? Sope. Oh, sopes. Yeah. They're just maize, like a tortilla, but it's a thick tortilla. They have meat on top, picadillo. It has a lot. It's like bañado. I don't know how to say it in English. I don't even know anywhere. It's fine. Bañado. Bañado, like washed, I guess, or like just like soaked. Oh, bañado, bañado, like to to wash or like soak, like yeah. It's like soaked in tomatoes, tomato sauce. It's like kind of soggy, but it's not soggy. Or like boiled? It's no, it's not boiled. It's just like you put it on top, but you put a lot of it on it. Basically, it just has a lot of it. So it's not just like a sauce to put on top. It's like everywhere. But the the torta is also crunchy. It's still crunchy. But then it's also like (laughs) soggy. And then it's like it has the thing. And then you put like crema on top of it. So good. Do you have a special dish that brings you great memories or like a good story? I just think they all like all food is very mixed in. It's like being religious in Mexico. Food is basically its own religion, but it's something that everyone shares. Now that's a religion I would love to follow and I would convert everyone in this world to that religion. Food is it's our love language and it's our our passion. I I mean I can't say R because like I'm not I'm a good cook, but I'm not a great cook. I'm not like yeah, I'm like okay. I try. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I honestly don't try. I just let my parents do all the work and I eat their food. I'm a good food taster. That's oh I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but it's it's honestly our love language. My family's every Sunday we when I lived there, we used to ever and I know that most families do this, like literally most families, as in like almost every family. I know you know what most means, but like, I just want to emphasize how many families do it. And like how important it is too. Every Sunday you have meals with your grandparents because like Sunday is like the day of like, you know, like, like relaxation, like you go to church and then like you're with your family and stuff. Grandparents house, you eat their food, like they make food for you or you make food with them. And you can't say no. If they offer it, you can't say no. If you say no, then they're going to like, I asked to tell you about this food frijoles beans oh, frijoles de la olla are or like, like de la olla de la olla and like the ones that are like mashed refried <laughs> Re, beans, yeah. refrito I, I just call them all frijoles 
Yeah, just frijoles. Like frijoles and frijoles in bola, which are like the ones in the, those are the best. Those are like my, my, both of my abuelas frijoles are like the best things ever. They make them. And every time we go, we like come back with a, a bag that's frozen full of beans. Does your family have any variations of like popular dishes? Like do, let's say you guys are making a dish, like it's just as simple as like tacos or like migas or something. Does your family have like a specific spin? Not like not really other people do? Or for my family recipe specifically, grandparents have a very good beans recipe like a refried beans recipe um my my grandma puts corn in it like bit bits of corn i don't know what else she puts in it but it's just very good because it's something so simple or just honestly they have such nice flavor and they're truly delicious especially when they're made from the amor of the abuela i have been to mexico before but like now since and like you told me so much more about like mexican food and stuff i feel like i have to go back again what would be one dish if i travel to mexico what is a dish that i have to try chile relleno like actual chile relleno though the one that's like not fried and like go to an actual taco stand oh yeah also my dad it's not like a recipe but my dad just makes very good tacos does he make the oh my god Perfect. Okay, yes. We have a very good salsa recipe, like salsa verde. Okay. Like a very good one. He, like, that's honestly his signature thing for the, the tacos. Like, the salsa is everything for the tacos. And, like, are they used for any kind of tacos? Or, like, is it mainly, like, al pastor or, like, with, like, chicken? Or, like, I don't Usually um, make, like, al pastor or, like, carne asada or... Oh, carne asada. Oh, barbacoa. You have to try barbacoa. Have you? No, I... I don't you think have I have. That's like a dish that you have to try. And it's also very good. I love it. It's very traditionally Mexican. It's cow tongue. So it's Oh, lengua. But it's not lengua. It's barbacoa. But barbacoa isn't that. You just said that's cow tongue and lengua. That's like Yeah, but you don't. But it's not lengua. Barbacoa and lengua are two different things. Okay. Well, when you mean. But like, they use the same type of meat though. Like Yes, but you prepare them in very different ways. Well, the lengua that I know, it's like braised in like beef stock and wine and like oxtail soup. Well, like in Costa Rica, we had this thing called like oxtail soup mix. Okay. And we use that like as a flavoring. And like, okay. it's just, and it's kind of like a big roast beef and like you cut it and the, like the slices are super soft and tender. It's, yeah. oh, it's so good. I don't love lengua, but I love barbacoa. I've never, okay. So I've never tried barbacoa. Barbacoa is very good. It's like, I used to have this like every other week, tacos de barbacoa for breakfast yeah. with salsa verde and limon. Oh, limon is like the signature thing. There's lemon well, there, like not a thing, lime there. Yeah, also. it's, well, it's like, it's limes. Oh my God. There's lime no yellow is- lemon there. Lime is, le- lime, lime is limon. Lemon is, is I don't lemon. know why, but every time I've been to Mexico, like, the few times I've been to Mexico, the limeade is yeah. so freaking good. Oh yeah, it's very good. When I like the lemonade here is trash. Oh Whenever God. I was little, I used to order like I loved lemonade or well lime limeade as you call it. Limonada I lemonade because it's limonada. Limonada, yeah. And I I always had it. Oh, and we also had a lot of Jamaica in my house, like oh. and horchata. Oh my God, horchata. Horchata. Oh my God. Okay, I need to try, like, a family's, like, horchata because I don't know if, like, the Mexican restaurants, like, if they have good horchata Mm -hmm. compared to, like, 
in in they Mexico like horchata like it's it's very sugary yeah and like I like the ones when there's like when the cinnamon is like subtle and like you could but you yeah. can still taste it yeah oh my god that's that's how it's in Mexico if I so if I went to Mexico where would you recommend that I go are there places in Mexico like that are not as touristy that are like even better I love manzanillo which is like it's it's in Colima but I wouldn't want to like I wouldn't want to make it more touristy because it's getting a little bit touristy but like it's still pretty like hidden from people who aren't Mexican so yes um you should go there but also don't go there because then you'll tell people and then they'll go and then they'll fill up and they'll get very expensive and I don't want that yeah um, well I guess that YouTube vlog isn't gonna exist <laughs> it's a very I love it it's I've been there I've been going there since I was a child like I was practically raised there it's very close to where I was born oh wait and then another place you should go to definitely Cancun and Playa del Carmen are worth yeah. and like Isla Mujeres yeah. Um, yeah. Also, yes, um, seeing the turtles hatch in like Playa del Carmen, well, one of the best like experiences I've had. Also, Puerto Vallarta is very pretty. I, okay, I really want to go to Oaxaca. San Miguel de Allende. You've been to Oaxaca? Well, I really want to go there because like, oh, yeah. because yeah. isn't, isn't like that the region that's like, like best known for their food? Yeah. Like, they're just not, they're known for their queso Oaxaca, which is very yeah. Okay, it's queso like Oaxaca. Oh my ever. God. That cheese yeah. is so good. The only cheese I've known my whole life is just like the only cheese it, that exists in my life. Is it the same as like panela? No. Queso Oaxaca? But in a, it's and it all, and you like take a strip of it and then you just like, and then you eat it. It's like, oh my God, it's so good. It's the best cheese ever. Yeah, but panela is also very good. Like queso panela. Nah, I don't love it. Really? Yeah, but it's just because well, I'm not a cheese person. I like brie and I like. I and that's your French side. <laughs> that's your French side. Brie is like, oh my god, but it's also so expensive. It's so True. annoying. Oh my god, baked brie. I have this thing from Costa Rica that I get every time, and it's this fig jam called Igos. Oh, and that. Yeah, yeah well, it, Igos just basically just means figs, but like. It, if you put it on top of the brie, like baked oh brie. Oh my God, I know. I've bread. done that. I've done that. Yes, it's so good. It is amazing. My dad does that. Like whenever he makes brie, he like bakes it and then he puts the thing on top. If you, if you could tell anybody anything about Mexico, if you could tell them one thing about Mexico, what would you tell them? It's very beautiful and the people are very loving. Despite what everything I just said, so loving. It's so loving. Like they're there obviously like there's bad people everywhere but the sense of community there like it's so different from america in the way that it's first of all it's not america it's the u.s and i just go along with it because why not anyway that's not the point the point is there's a lot of individualism here and the sense of like looking out for yourself there's not a lot of like a sense of like family and stuff and in mexico it's the opposite there's a lot of we live to here it's like you live to work there it's like we live to we're like work to work, we work to, to live. yeah 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 work exactly. to live it's just like we value our family a lot and we value relationships with people and neighbors and everyone is just everyone knows everyone and I mean sometimes it's a gift sometimes it's a curse because family is always complicated but everyone treats each other like family and if you if you live there you belong to a a very good like a very tight-knit community and if you visit there 
it depends on where you go but they're also very helpful they're very loving they like they'll invite you home even if even if people have nothing like I've been to communities where literally people have like next to nothing like they live in houses built with like like tin roof, roofs and like just like a bunch of stacked up wooden beams and there they still like offer you food they they offer you anything they can like the people will just they will truly make you feel like you're home and they'll make you feel so welcome and it's just they're very loving oh i love that i love that the hospitality is just it's amazing then okay that's it thank you thank you so much for doing this muchas gracias por hacer esta entrevista it, I had so much fun. Yeah, um, you too. Thank you for listening to my Global Youth's Perspective podcast. My goal is to share insight into the lives and cultures of my friends around the world, and hopefully we can listen to each other, bridge our differences, and make this world a better place.